0: Welcome to Upthinking Finance, a podcast that offers a unique and discerning view of economics and financial planning. Here is your host, Emerson Fersh.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Upthinking Finance. I'm Emerson Fersh. CrossFit co-founder Greg Glassman once said, the magic is in the movement, the art is in the programming, the science is in the explanation, and the fun is in the community. Now, most of you that listen are aware that I'm co-owners of a financial planning firm with offices in Long Beach, California, and Southern Utah. My partner, Amy, and another associate are based in California, and then there's an associate and myself that are here in Utah. And so we have these um, virtual meetings every week which typically begin with what's called an engagement question. And it's just something fun to talk about to help us get to know each other better and sort of get the meeting started without just jumping into business. And a few weeks ago, the question was, what do you do to relieve stress? And for me, that's an easy question because it's the same answer it's been for the last 40 years of that exercise, working out, pumping iron, whatever it might be. That is, for me, one of the best ways to just to take the edge off. And so I've been lifting weights myself for since my early 20s. I've been a basketball player for about 25 years, pick up ball, got into taekwondo for a while, and then did MMA workouts for about 10 years before I found CrossFit four years ago. Now, running a gym as a whole is a difficult business to manage, and particularly over the last few years with all the things that have been going on in the world. And so today's guest is gonna talk to us not only about running a CrossFit gym, but CrossFit itself. His name is Jason Jameson, who with his wife Tessa is a co-owner of the CrossFit Modern Gym based in Long Beach, California. Jason's love for athletics started early. He began playing hockey when he was nine years old. And after returning from a church-sponsored mission in Australia, he began working out for two and a half hours a day at a local gym. From there, he started to teach the P90X class, as many of you remember that from a few years ago. And after that, got his first exposure to a CrossFit workout, which basically became love at first sweat with him. He started teaching CrossFit classes in a local park and eventually opened up his own CrossFit gym in 2013. In terms of CrossFit accomplishments, Jason has a number of them. He's competed in 11 CrossFit Open events, which is basically an event that anybody that's affiliated with a CrossFit gym can participate in. I've done three of those myself now. In those events, he's reached the quarterfinals four times, the regionals twice. And just recently, he competed in the Worldwide Rogue 1,000-pound Challenge Rogue is one of the major apparel and equipment sponsors in the CrossFit world, and he finished 61st in the world with a total of 1,270 pounds. Other noteworthy lift achievements for Jason include a 500-pound back squat, a 570-pound deadlift, a 375-pound bench press, I'm getting exhausted just reading this, a 330-pound overhead squat, and a 360-pound clean. So it's my pleasure to welcome from his home office in Cerritos, California, CrossFit modern Jim, co-owner, Jason Jamison. Jason, welcomed up Thinking Finance. Thank you, Emerson. It's good to be here. It's good to be here with you, my man. So, I guess first thing for anybody who's not familiar with CrossFit or is maybe a little bit familiar, maybe elaborate on on what it exactly is and how it differs from just going to the gym and pumping an iron, like probably a lot of people do that are listening.
2: Well, there's a lot of differences, but the major difference is that we don't use a whole lot of machines. Everything we do is compound in nature, meaning you're using multiple joints. You are the machine. We show you how to use your body, move your body safely and effectively. A lot of people are not in tune with their bodies and how to move them efficiently. We just show you how to do that, how to squat, how to press, gymnastics, running, rowing, biking. We do everything that you could think of essentially in a CrossFit class. 24-hour fitness or something like that, there might be a lot of isolated movements like bicep curls or tricep extensions, single arm, unilateral exercises and things like that. So CrossFit definitely provides a potent punch, a strong hormonal response from the body because you're using multiple joints at the same time and frequently versus going to 24-hour fitness maybe I'm working my chest today and I don't even touch my legs, right? Where in CrossFit, we have a saying that every day is leg day, essentially, (laughs) because we're doing something with the legs. So anyways, that's some of the main differences there. You're the machine and we show you how to move your body. That's our saying at CrossFit Modern.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I've shared this with you before, that you have a bit of a gift because one of the things for me that was really different When I started working out with you and getting into the CrossFit, was you you have these sort of this lifting component of it, but then you'd combine it with this METCON. (laughs) Maybe explain that, but all I can tell you is it's like there's a science to it because you're lifting and putting emphasis on something, and then you're sort of hitting it in a different way with this cardio component. I mean, it's really something. You leave, and I mean, for me, and I just always felt really wound up in a good way after the workout
2: right so yeah i mean all of our class sessions we would be considered to have a strength bias in our programming which i think is pretty common among crossfit gyms we'll do a 15 minute warm-up some stretching some mobility we'll go into a strength component where maybe we're doing back squats for the strength component that day we'll do about 15 maybe 20 minutes of back squatting and then we'll transition into conditioning the metcon metabolic conditioning is what that's short for but the conditioning piece a lot of times will incorporate some variation of whatever the strength piece was so maybe we'll be doing wall balls with a lot of squatting involved in the conditioning piece so every day is completely different and it doesn't always have to go that way we just we try to keep it extremely varied but balanced at the same time so you're not doing a bunch of pressing overhead one day, and then the next day you're also doing more pressing, right? So push-pull, squatting, pulling, pressing. We try to mix it all, mash it all up, and create something balanced out of it. So
1: Yeah, it never gets boring. And I think the other thing I noticed is that it's something that's very adaptable to whoever is showing up at the gym. I mean, it's not just for 20 or 30 year old people that are kind of at that peak energy level and all that. I mean, I started rolling in my mid to late 50s and there was a place for me in the workout, I guess.
2: Right. That's a really big key component in healthy CrossFit gym, being able to take somebody who's brand new or take somebody who has a background in fitness and I can give a workout for both of them, regardless of skill level and and how far apart they are from each other. Everything is scalable up or down, depending on the athlete, which is really, really nice. So took some time to learn that myself and help facilitate that with the athletes. That was a learning curve in and of itself. I just, I was the passion that I had to move And the adrenaline from working out, that really drove the life of the business for probably the first six years. And then really, really started getting into the nitty gritty part of coaching and learning how to help the people that were coming to me feel and get the same benefits and the results that I was getting. Right. And transferring that information is obviously the tricky part. Trying to help somebody understand it. And that really comes down to getting inside their head and their body and helping them feel the same feelings and the balance, the weight distribution, the tension that's being created in the body. There's a lot of discomfort in it. There's a lot of discomfort in it. And being okay with that discomfort is critical. If you're not going to be okay with any amount of discomfort in moving your body or awkwardness, and you're getting hung up on that experience, it's going to hinder the growth, essentially, on how much progress you can make and how quickly you can make it. Not that we're trying to build Rome in a day or anything, but being okay with not knowing is critical in a lot of things, obviously, but CrossFit specifically, we're taking people off the couch and we're putting them into these movements that they're seeing for the first time in their lives, which is can be shocking, jarring, and really uncomfortable. So we just try to help facilitate and make that process enjoyable and try to help them understand it so that they can, I guess, see where it's going and see and kind of understand what the end result might look like or feel like, how they can make progress in it and how does this relate to building muscle, losing weight, all that kind of stuff? So, we're just trying to help facilitate that is the trickiest part of being a coach. So,
1: well, so that's a good point because I know you go in for the first few times, and I mean, I still don't know the difference between some of these workouts with the bar, you clean jerk and a clean and there's all these different terms and you show up. But I will say, obviously, your gym, I've been working out here in Southern Utah now for a couple of years. You go places. I've been up to Montana. There's one in Bozeman we go to. And in almost every case, other than one that's just north of here, there is a friendly people want to be helpful. That is a real element of the gym, that whole scene. It's not like competitive in a weird kind of an unhealthy way. It's kind of like you're competing against yourself and you got a bunch of people who are doing that. And it's very supportive. So. Let me get back up here, get it back to you, which is you go through this process of working out, spending all this time at the regular gym, and then you get this class, and all of a sudden, it's not like, wow, that was a great workout. It's like, hey, I want to open up a CrossFit gym. I mean, what was the learn? Because that's a pretty big leap from a uh, good workout to this is going to be my business, right?
2: Yeah. Looking back on it now, it is really interesting to think about. I'll have to send you the picture I have. I just discovered a picture that I took when I was in high school. I did photography in high school, but I took a picture of my home gym back when I was a teenager. It's a black and white photo. We got to develop our own film and stuff like that. But it's just, it's the side of my house. It's got two benches and plates that don't fit on the bars and things like that. It's pretty comical. But yeah, going to my first class and wanting to open a gym, it probably tied back to all of the memories and experiences I had on the side of the house and on the ice, all the working out that had transpired prior to that, the progress that I had made and just weightlifting on my own in general. And then ice hockey, just knowing that CrossFit was that first experience. It was a terrible workout. There was running involved. I hate running. I did track and cross country in high school, but man, I have squatting legs, not running legs. So ice hockey legs, not running legs, not marathon legs. But yeah, did that first workout and it was, I don't know why I thought I needed to open a gym. I don't know where that came from necessarily. Thinking about it now, I think it was tied into, after I stopped playing ice hockey, I kept working out essentially. And people were seeing like all the progress that I was making up just by myself with my workout buddy. But I started learning about nutrition and how food affects the body. And it was just like, well, if I want to get abs, right, it was like, well, if I want to get abs, I just need to eat how these physique competitors eat, right? So started kind of doing some research on that and dabbling in that a little bit. And that's where I learned a lot of sugar, its effects in the body, how it converts and insulin and all that kind of stuff. And Got abs for the first time, committed to a pretty rigorous, strict routine just to test it out. Like, well, let's see if this works, type thing. Sure enough, it worked. Got abs for the first time. I still have like one of the first photos of me with abs. They're just little baby abs.
1: Hey, man, I had abs (laughs) once too. You need to document that. (laughs) Right. Just so so you remember, I did actually get there once in life. Anyway, so I think the
2: progress that I was making. (laughs) Started sparring, like sparking people within the church that I went to and just my social circle. It's just like, wow, this guy's like, he found something. I don't know if that's what was really going on in their minds, but I was just having fun and getting in shape. And a couple of people I think had mentioned, like, you should be a coach or something or like personal trainers that type of thing. So that probably had a little bit of weight in that first decision to open a gym. But I'll never forget that first class and how strong, like I was flat-backed after my first workout. I think it was Tom I think it was seven rounds or something of so many dumbbell burpee deadlifts and a 200 meter run. Just, it was a hero workout. Just laid me out.
1: You hate running. I hate burpees, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <the> worst. <laughs> Anyway,
2: it was just very strong. And from that day, I remember talking with my brothers, oh, just relatives and things like that. And I'm pretty sure it was about a year later that I opened up CrossFit Modern.
1: Okay, so let's go through a little bit. I had a buddy. So yeah, like you, I was a gym rat at 24 Hour Fitness in downtown Long Beach for a long period of time six days a week, mainly just because I didn't have a whole lot else to do for me after working out. But it is a cool feeling getting in shape and seeing your body change. And it's one of those things where no pain, no gain. I don't know if you agree with that, but just this idea that you really, if you're committed to something, you can see the result. There's not a lot of things in life that really provide something that tangible But I had a buddy there that actually ran, was one of the owners I got to know, a guy. And I remember the model for that particular type of gym was pretty much just volume memberships and counting on, at least my impression, was counting on people keeping the automatic payment coming out of their account every month But not showing up because if everybody showed up, there'd be no machines. And you can't do that in a CrossFit situation because you've got bars, you've got routines where you can only fit so many people at a time. Otherwise, either people are going to get hurt or they're not going to get the personalized instruction that I know you like to do. So kind of walk through for people sort of the challenges and dynamics of running a gym, the financial aspects, if you could, because I think it's interesting.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one because we're in a currently in a position where we're month to month on our lease and we're at that spot where we have like we've really maximized the space that we have. We're about 2700 square feet, two bathrooms and a very small office, but several of our classes are kind of maxed out. People are working out on every day's a little bit different, but some days if there's 20 plus people or even 15 plus people if there's three pieces of equipment We've maxed out our space. We're right next to the rig. If you walk in through the front door, there's someone right there in the front, like right as you walk in three feet away, working out, doing heavy deadlift or a snatch or something like that. So we're at a spot where we're confident we're going to be renewing a lease here soon. I really like our spot, but yeah, the spatial aspect of it has been Very challenging for us. We're in a retail spot, so the rent is really, really high. We're in a convenient retail spot where we live or where we're located. And so, that the rent being really, really high, that kind of challenges with our numbers and then our membership rates. It makes it a little bit difficult, challenging. We don't want to charge people an arm and a leg to come, but at the same time, we need to have a certain amount of people paying a certain dollar amount to keep the lights on. So,
1: yeah. So, what it comes down to then, I mean, in my simple business mind, if you can only fit, i make it up numbers here, comfortably 20 people in a class, let's say, your option is you got to add more classes. I mean, is that kind of how it goes?
2: Got to add more classes. And that's kind of definitely where we've been heading. When I was considering moving, I was like, we haven't even maxed out our hours here. We could add more classes. There's always people that are going to come to a class. When I started the 424 AM class, Everybody's like, that's not going to work. Nobody's going to go to that. Everybody goes to that class. Anywhere from eight to sometimes 15 people for 24 in the morning. (laughs) So there's a class for everybody.
1: Just got to find somebody to teach it, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think adding some more class, that's kind of our next step. Plugging some in here and there and just growing those new hours, essentially. So,
1: and that's an interesting point too, because that thinking like the 430 class idea, it actually is an adapting because people, I think, and we've talked about this before, people are shifting, I guess. Let's just put it that way. This nine to five, when I was going to the gym in the old days, that was it, man. Work ended at 430 at the bank, I'm there at prime time with everybody else after work, but it's shifting with the whole remote worker thing. And I mean, The way people live their lives is changing. And so I think, and it's like the CrossFit workout. It's adaptable to people. I think to me, having an early class like that, or maybe even a really late one, is just going to fit for certain people. I think that's a smart approach to it. Now, I met you. I started working out in, let's see, I think it was November of 2019. And a few months later, as I was really getting into it, the COVID happened and everything in California literally got shut down. I do remember that the fast food restaurants were open because apparently those were essential, yeah. but the gym yeah. was shut down. <laughs> so how about <laughs> navigating through that? Because I do I will share full disclosure to the people listening. My son and I actually dragged him in to start working out and he loves it. The gains younger people just seem to gain, but we were working out in your garage for a period of time. But how did you navigate through that? Because that was difficult.
2: Man, it's really interesting because initially... When it hit, obviously, we didn't think it was going to last for as long as it lasted, right? Two weeks in the curve. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we a two week break. I mean, initially, that was kind of like my wife and I thought like we were cranking all cylinders back then. I was not a supervisor for my dad's company right now, I was still doing labor at that time. So the CrossFit gym isn't the only thing that I do, as you know, but I was doing manual labor and coaching several classes a day or throughout the week and raising children and all that kind of stuff. But initially, I'll speak for my wife. I know I felt, I'm pretty sure she felt the same way. It was like, wow, we get to shut down for two weeks. You know, it's just like do nothing. There's not a lot of times like where we get to do nothing with, the kids and just the business operations that we do it's there's just not a lot of time to do nothing so we took it as like oh this is going to be nice let's take a break so we I mean we stopped working out initially and then it started turning into something serious and it was like what is this thing what's going on then it wasn't fun anymore right so we started hosting zoom classes the gym obviously shut down we closed for the 3 months and we closed completely. I didn't feel justified or even comfortable like going in and using the gym like without bringing some of my members. So I didn't use it, which is really kind of interesting. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I don't know. But yeah, we loaned out all of our equipment. I mean, I would say 87% of it. Rowers, barbells, plates, collars, wall balls, boxes, kettlebells, dumbbells you name it. If I could have given out the pull-up bars, I would have given out the pull-up bars. But yeah, people came in and they signed off for equipment, took equipment home, and we started doing the whole Zoom class workout thing. And that was always obviously awkward and difficult, but it was good seeing people in the Zoom calls. It was just such an interesting time. Lots of, eventually a lot of self-discovery kind of started happening and we ended up moving again. We did end up obviously opening up again, almost closed up shop. We did shut down the three months and we were losing members. We had maybe 150 members when COVID hit, maybe 140. And then we had 45 paying members. And it was just like, how does this work? So we were prepared in our minds, obviously, to to have to shut down the gym. A lot of businesses were shutting down. And yeah, they ended up opening things up that fourth month, at least where we were. And we started running classes again. We had class caps, eight people, I think is what we ran, or maybe six for the first couple of weeks six people per class people slowly started trickling in kind of coming back very interesting time very frustrating time none of it made sense based what the illness was we started discovering and leaving all the essential businesses open the fast food restaurants that obviously like was a big trigger initially like that how does that make sense right? Okay, let's leave all the fast food places open so we can continue to make an obese America. (laughs) And (laughs) I love fast food. I'm not gonna lie. I eat fast food on occasion, but obviously it's not my staple. So it was just really weird shutting down all the gyms and then leaving open. I mean, the fantastic cafe next to us was open for a good amount of time. It just didn't make sense that gyms were shutting down and all these restaurants were staying open that serve the chemicals and the ingredients that are preventing the body from healing? What? It didn't make sense. But anyways, we're happy that we're through that. That was a really challenging time. In the long run, kind of glad it happened. There was some takeaways from it, some learning experiences. We're approaching our 10-year anniversary at the gym now. This September will be 10-year anniversary. But yeah, my perspective on the product that we offer has definitely changed definitely
1: yeah and that's what I wanted to get to because I mean thankfully you and I have stayed in touch and whenever I'm there of course I just it's great to come in and see the gym and work out and everybody's got their own personality you have the way you, you run things and I'm kind of a lift first guy and but then I see how Nick's does our stuff here and it's different but you see the results and What's amazing for me, this is just kind of a digression, but for a guy who was born with, we've talked, really bad scoliosis and was afraid of the impact of squats and these things, I guess this is where there should be some like medical disclosure. (laughs) I'm not a doctor. Go talk to your professional before you go do this. But for me, all that core work and stuff has been a blessing. It's strengthened me. I'm probably in a balance because of CrossFit in the best physical shape I've ever been in. I'm almost 60. But Anyway, that's just a little plug for anybody who's (laughs) thinking about it. But this is the thing that would be helpful because I know your business and I've had these conversations with a lot of people where, and you alluded to it earlier, where the whole COVID experience and the slowing down in a way of life has allowed people to rethink a lot of things, rethink themselves, rethink business, family, commitment, where my time's going. I mean, it's been eye-opening for sure. I mean, my business has completely shifted. We're not here to talk about that, but everything's changed. So I know you've changed personally in some, the way you look at life. hope it's okay to go here because I think that part of it does absolutely then manifest itself in some of the things you're doing at the gym now. And so maybe that's a good way to kind of sort of bring this as we kind of get to the towards the back end of our interview. Maybe share some of that stuff that you feel comfortable discussing.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody struggles with finances and making enough money and making ends meet. I'm not special. I don't believe anybody's special. We're all human beings here on this spinning ball out in the middle of nowhere. We all have the same struggles, whether we like it or not. My struggles aren't special or any different than anybody else's. But the psychological kind of shift in that, aspect of life has really, the way that I live life has completely changed. And because of a lot of the stress and anxiety and just trauma from life experience. Actually, when we moved into this house, after COVID was over and things started planing again and getting better, I started working as a supervisor for my dad's company and things were looking really good. And I thought at that point, I kind of thought I was doing really, really good in life. I had a salary position with my dad's company and I had a gym that had just survived a worldwide pandemic. It was growing and building. And I remember when we moved into this house in Cerritos, I started waking up every day not happy. And that just didn't make sense for me. I don't know why it was, why now? But I was looking for all of these exterior things, a house, a nice house, a nice yard, a salary position, this, that not living paycheck to paycheck to create and fill a need and help me find happiness, essentially, and peace and comfort. And none of these things were doing it for me. Eventually kind of spiraled into a depression. The depression had started well before that. It was mild and I thought it was normal and everybody else was doing the same thing, type thing. But eventually here it got pretty severe. Just a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of negative self-talk. Even after reopening from the pandemic, I was I got to a point where I was like kind of tired of running the gym and operating it and There wasn't a whole lot of return on the effort and the work that I was putting in. But I eventually started doing a lot of the suffering that was happening just caused me to self-reflect. Eventually, I started, I reached out to a couple of therapists, had some discussions. I was chatting. you were a very solid inspiration at that time. And my bishop at the time was an inspiration. Just people in the church that we were going to at the time kind of were helping me through that situation. They didn't know how much they were helping me through that situation, but they were some lights to me. But yeah, eventually started doing some self-reflection and why am I not happy? What's going on here? Having some discussions with people and eventually I just started expressing like all of the activity that was going on in my life and my mind, not to seek attention. It was just like I wanted answers for the things that I was struggling with. So I felt like if I shared it, I might get something back. I noticed that as I shared the information, the problems, not in a complaining way, I was just frustratedly sharing, how can I fix this type thing? Or what am I supposed to do? I noticed that in the expressing of the information, I could see it objectively, almost as it was like coming out of my mouth. I could hear myself another version of myself in my brain watching this conversation happen and it's like those aren't problems what do you mean like you're not the only one that's going through this stuff you can fix these things and so started doing a bunch of self reflection got into reading a bunch of books had a lot of beautiful conversations with you but essentially that's a lot of this psychology studies that I've been doing has led me to really change my focus at the gym. I have a whole new passion at the gym that's way different than what it was. I don't have to work out anymore. I used to have to work out. My ego needed it to, so that I had to do the exterior things to feel happy and fulfilled. I had to do, what do you mean, Tessa? Today's rest day? What is rest day? Who made up this rest day? I'm going to the gym. Jason, you've been eight yeah. days in a row and three hours every day, right? But I required the exterior stimulus to help produce a sense of identity and self. And unbeknownst to me, I was keeping an ego identity alive that was really got part of the problem of all my suffering.
1: Well, and along with that, again, this is the double-edged sword of working out. I mentioned earlier, you work, you see the results. The problem is, you can put in that kind of time, and you're going to keep seeing the results. Which you yeah, know, what I'm saying, yeah, I mean, only, boy, that's a tough cycle. It to does. Break. It
2: only feeds it. I mean, you start seeing the results, you're like, well, I'm just going to keep going. All right, 300 pound back squat. All right, 400 pound back squat. All right, 500 is next. Let's go to 500. Through the course of the years, obviously building and cycling, squat cycles, whatever. But yeah, all the stuff that I was doing on the outside wasn't making me happy anymore. When you get to a certain level in CrossFit, and anything really, the habits, the muscle memory that is installed is very strong. You understand this. The muscle memory is so strong, you don't have to think about movement anymore. And so when you're doing a set of 50 wall balls, 150 wall balls, your brain starts to drift into all of the negative aspects of of your life or quote unquote problems, you start to drift, your brain starts to drift into all those things. That's what mine was doing. And I noticed that I was thinking about all of my problems inside the gym, which didn't make sense because the gym was my sanctuary. But I was so comfortable doing all the movements that it didn't require a whole lot of presence to complete the reps. And so there was a lot of all of my life situation had then merged with my gym identity. And it was, things just became a mess. But the self-discovery that I've done and a lot of the old ways of thinking and habitual thought process, mental, emotional behaviors, mental, emotional habits that I didn't even know were habits that were keeping me stuck in that situation. A lot of that, it being gone everybody struggles with negative self-talk and all these types of things but as far as the gym is concerned the focus has shifted from getting people in to do a workout to taking someone and grabbing their focus and their attention like fully and transmuting that focus into a feeling experience fully right Really taking somebody and helping them because you can feel the ground beneath your feet. But if you're thinking about what you're doing tomorrow at the same time you're feeling the ground, well, you can't feel the ground as good. You know what I mean? And so losing that thought about tomorrow gives you more faculty to feel. In that feeling, lots of stuff happens in that very small moment. Just the small break, that five second break of no thinking. When do we ever get? Where's the off button for the thinking? Where's the off button? Right? There's no off button. The brain just keeps going. So, it take people. We bring them in and we help them move, and we secretly, we I like to say that we're helping them disconnect from thinking by taking their focus and attention and channeling it into their body and having this amazing feeling experience, even though sometimes it might not necessarily feel amazing, the break that they're getting from thinking, from the habitual mental noise that's constantly going on, that break is significant. That hour that we have them in the gym is significant. That's an hour that they're getting a break from the consistent mental noise, which is why fitness obviously works so great as a mental health protocol. Sorry, kind of going off on tangents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That's fine. So you've introduced yoga, right? You're introducing yoga. And I know we've talked about just getting beyond, it's the working out as the component of a whole person. And I think we both talked about how people are searching. There's an element of people searching. I mean, I know in my work, we're meeting clients now all over the country that are looking for something that the essence of it is what they're seeing and hearing isn't resonating with how they feel. And so people are looking for experiences that really are real. I mean, that's not a real deep statement, but People are looking for things that are meaningful. And I know for me, you know, we've talked about this, that who you're spending your time with, where you're spending your time, these are all things. Prior to the COVID, I mean, my schedule was just a lot of running around from one thing to the next without really sitting and questioning anything. And then there was some time to really just decide the type of people I'm spending time with. And am I done wearing a mask and trying to be playing that role? We've talked, I know this is all this outside stuff, but so I know we've been, my partner Amy and I have been bringing that into the work here with the people we interact with, the conversations we have, where we stand with God. We're being very upfront with these things, not in a way of trying to just, it's not like a marketing thing. It's just being just us. It's time to just, for people to just be themselves. And so that's part of the experience when people come that we work with. And I think that's kind of the essence of where you're taking your, the gym. Is that a fair way to kind of characterize it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've gotten in the way so much of my own, not intentionally, like I didn't know I was getting in my own way of making progress or personally or helping other people make progress. But losing myself and really getting rid of this concept of me Obviously, I learned this in church as a young child and even a young adult, but it didn't have the impact then that it does now. That getting rid of this sense of me—see, if there's a me, if there's a me that believes this, there's someone else out there that's them, and they believe something different, right? Well, we're both human beings, we're both people on this spinning planet, but immediately we create separation. With this labeling, the sense of I, the sense of you, your opinions, your beliefs, and likes and dislikes. And people argue that this brings beauty and color into the world, but really it just brings separation. It brings problems. It brings hurt. It brings suffering. So I think a big part of the process for me in the last two years has been really getting rid of this I'm nobody. I am nobody. I don't need any attention. I don't need or want anything honestly what I want is to have experiences and gain knowledge and have whatever is keeping this organism alive because I'm not doing it right I'm not keeping this thing alive whatever's keeping this thing alive that can use the information bring out the information you know and a lot of this I've learned from you like intuition and following your gut some of our recent conversations have really triggered Allow, you have to create space you have to slow down and disconnect from all this identities and things that you think you need or you have to disconnect so that the natural flow of life god the source universal intelligence whatever you want to call it can flow through you and access the information and bring it out probably jumping all over the place here but there's a much deeper and greater thing that is happening inside of all of us. It goes way beyond any of the psychological versions of us that we could even think of, right? And if a person can disconnect enough of all of the psychological parts of themselves, who they think they are, factually, I'm a human being and I have a brain. And if I just work with the facts, turns out I can live very, very peaceably, I didn't know that that was an option this whole time. I didn't know that I could live just based on facts. I didn't even know what that meant necessarily. But cutting out a lot of the things that I thought I needed to make me happy and recognizing that I'm not CrossFit. I do CrossFit. I experience CrossFit. But that doesn't have any play in who I am. That doesn't decide who I am. It doesn't determine who or what I am. My past doesn't determine who I am, right? All these things that we do that we like to do or avoid doing, they're all just boundaries that we set for ourselves that create limiting belief systems that keep us trapped and keep us suppressed, right? So the gym for me now is really an opportunity to take somebody and help them experience something outside of their normal way of thinking, our ability to quiet the rest of the brain by utilizing focused attention, our ability to do that is extremely significant. No other animal in the animal kingdom can do that. We have the ability to do that. And our ability to focus and apply focus is obviously what has got us where we are as a species today. Well, I think over time, people are getting consumed by Their focus is being absorbed into thinking versus taking their focus and shining it, putting it somewhere else that's effective and that can produce the results that they want, right? Thinking about COVID, this is a prime example. I mean, you and I had plenty of discussions about the world at that time, right? Like all of just the chaos and the confusion, and that was part of like what led me into some depression. It was just like all the things, and I eventually, as I started uncovering things in myself and disconnecting and finding more awareness, learning what awareness and mindfulness was, it started setting me free.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. As I guess we kind of wrap it up, I think what people are looking for, and this is kind of, well, I'll speak for myself. I feel like for the first time, and maybe ever. <laughs> I'm the same guy at work, at home, talking to you. It's consistent. And that's the freedom I think you're talking about. And yeah, and that's where the gym experience becomes an extension of that. It's not like you said, I'm working out. It's just different. There's more. And that's what's great about CrossFit because it's built to be that way. It's built to adapt. The workout, you can adapt, but you can adapt the whole experience, Right, And that's just a cool idea that you've tapped into that I don't know that how common that is, but I think that's why you do well, and I think you'll continue to do well is because you're thinking in these kinds of terms, and people are looking for that. It's kind of a match at this point in time. So It's
2: ironic because people don't know that they're looking for it necessarily. I think that's the really interesting part is I didn't know I was looking for it. I didn't know a lot of stuff but we don't do anything special at our gym necessarily. Like other than like you're saying, like I don't have a coach role anymore. That's been so relieving to not have coach role. I don't have a father role per se. Like I'm Jason inside of all of these roles. I'm the same person. And that, like you said, that's very, very freeing and relieving. But that I think is, that's the difference. And I think how we approach coaching at CrossFit modern now is, I want my coaches to be themselves. I want them to be real. I don't want them to pretend. Like, I don't put on, you, you don't need to put on a show. You don't need to become someone else. Be authentically you and then help other people be authentically themselves.
1: I should have thrown mine on. For anybody watching the YouTube, my CrossFit modern shirt on. Usually I'm wearing a shirt, maybe a tie. So this is like a special occasion. I know. Brother, I could talk to you forever about this stuff. So I just, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for the influence you've been, because I mean, I enjoy our friendship quite a bit. You're one of those guys that's in a very small circle of mine that I can talk to about pretty much everything, which is just great. And- You know, I'm thankful for the gym. You know, I tell you this every time I'm out there in Long Beach, but there's a good vibe. That's one thing I tune into now really well is the energy of situations and you just, you have a good vibe there. It's a positive energy on a lot of layers. And so uh, that's- Well, thank you. Some things don't change. It starts at the top. So I want to thank you, Jason, for your time and thanks for coming on Up Thinking Finance today.
2: Thank you. It was fun. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome.
0: Emerson Fersh is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, advisor services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from Capital Investment Advisors. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and the companies they represent are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Capital Investment Advisors. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal expert. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal.